0: Good morning again, everybody. Uh, It's a beautiful day. And uh, definitely, uh, if you watch TV or listen to the radio, you definitely will hear a lot about it being the season of joy. And uh, today we're going to look at a little bit of what exactly joy is. Uh, It'll be the third third week in our Advent candle here. And... uh, Sometimes joy can seem really, really cool, a good concept. Sometimes, especially going through life, we can feel like joy is impossible to find. So, I was curious exactly what joy meant, so I went to the dictionary first. And according to Webster's dictionary, joy is both a noun and a verb. Joy, being the noun, means the emotion evoked by well being, success, or good fortune or by the prospect of possession, what one desires, or the expression or exhibition of such emotion, a state of happiness or felicity, or a source of uh, cause of delight. Enjoy being a verb is to experience great pleasure or delight. Today, we're gonna be looking more into uh, the verb or the action of joy, which invokes the noun of joy as we go through life, because actions are choices, and nouns simply describe the effects of a choice. So our first passage that we're going to be going to is Habakkuk chapter 3, 17 through 19, which has always been one of my staple passages ever since I was 18, and I'll Go a little bit deeper into that as to why. It says, Though the fig tree does not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the yield of the olive falls, or fails, and the fields produce no food, though the flocks are cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will, will rejoice in the Lord. I will exalt in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, and he'll make my feet like hinds feet. and some translations say deer feet. And he'll make me walk, walk in high places. So what exactly are hinds feet? I know I already mentioned that uh, some versions will say that they're deer feet. But a hind is a female deer. that can place her back feet exactly where her front feet stepped, within one inch, less than one inch. And she's able to run with abandonment from danger to the high mountain peaks for safety. So the fact that Habakkuk was stating that the Lord guides his steps where he can step within one inch of the next foot up into the high safe areas. To me, that means a lot. And part of the reason why this verse, the uh, first time I ever discovered it I was 18, uh, I was still adjusting to my mom becoming sick and becoming disabled, and going from being a regular 18-year-old guy to now I'm the sole provider of the house, having to finish up high school and still have six months left or go to work. So. I found that verse and it brought me a lot of great comfort. Uh, ultimately, I wound up just grabbing my GED six months before I was supposed to graduate high school so that I could go from making six fifty an hour to $10 an hour, just so I could do that. But one of the things that that verse really spoke to me as a young 18-year-old was the fact that even though all this mess is going on and nothing is going right and nothing looks right, Mind you, we're also in the middle of a recession at the time. So I was bouncing from job to job anyway, so it was hard to find work to begin with. And gas actually was $4 a gallon at the time. But it reminded me that even though all that was going on, I could still find peace and I could still find joy choosing to worship the Lord. No matter what the circumstances looked like. And that he would guide me through it. And I had to learn how to praise the Lord in the midst of hard times. Psalms ninety-four, seventeen through 19 exemplifies why Habakkuk made an emphasis on the Lord making his feet like Hans' feet. And it says, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have lived in the land of silent death. When I said, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, held me up. And when there's a multitude of worries within me, your comforts delight my soul. See, when we try to run from danger in our own strength, we tend to fall. We're clumsy, tripping over our own feet. Our feet are not well grounded in the Lord, and we run the risk of slipping and falling down a slippery slope straight down the mountainside. One of the things that really stood out to me says, when there's a multitude of worries within me, your comforts delight my soul. Jesus possesses the power to overcome our worries. His comfort delights and brings joy to our souls. This is much deeper than a slight moment of happiness. This is the Lord shining light into a soul that feels dead a soul that is on the verge of needing life support if it's not already there. Sometimes when we look commercially Hallmark Channel and all that, we see what people call joy. And a lot of it's really fake. A lot of it will if you keep basking in the fake joy it's going to show itself one day when things aren't going right. And you're like, why is this not like it is in the movies? It's because it's fake. But the joy that Jesus brought, the offer to us, that's not saying that everything's going to be peachy and perfect. Even Jesus struggled with the same mess of things just not looking right, people saying things behind his back, people saying bad things to his face, and yet he still said, I need to get with the Father, I need to talk with the Father I still need to praise the Father, and he made the example for us, the perfect man who lived without sin gave us the example of how we live a joyful life even when mess is going on to choose to still worship God Romans 15, 13 tells us not only that God can fill us with joy, but how he intends to do it. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what was it that they were believing in Rome? It says that Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. What was it that they were believing? They were believing the gospel, the hope, the joy, and the peace of the Father given to us through the salvation that Jesus came to this earth to live and die. And to resurrect on our behalf so that we could be reunited in communion with the Father. That's part of what they were believing, believing that they also needed to come together, even though Rome and the rest of the world and the church was after them and hunting them down, they believed that they still needed to be together and to be in that community and to rejoice with each other. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 12 tells us in great detail what they were believing in. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an incorruptible and undefiled inheritance that does not fade away, kept in heaven for you. You are protected by the power of God through the faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this you greatly rejoice, even though now, if for a little while, you've had to suffer various trials in order that the genuineness of your faith which is more precious than gold that perishes though it is tried by the fire may be found in result in praise glory and honor at the revelation of jesus christ whom heaven not seen you loved and in whom though you have not seen him now you believe and rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory Receiving as a result of your faith the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that should come to you have inquired and searched diligently, seeking the event and the time the Spirit of Christ, who was within them, signified when he foretold the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you concerning this, these things, which are now reported to you by those who have preached the gospel to you through the Holy Spirit. who was sent from heaven, things into which the angels desire to look. And we can experience joy besides, can we experience joy besides the Lord? Sure, but I promise you that it's going to be short-lived and life will always be set trying to attain the next bit of joy, that next bit of dopamine, that next little bit of, that made me feel good, that made me happy. Outside of the Lord, we're stuck in that repetitive cycle of trying to find the next thing to make us happy. We search after money, we're trying to rise up the corporate chain there. And if I, if I wind up getting 50 grand this year, I'm gonna be happy. Now I still feel broke. If I wind up getting $100,000, I'm gonna be happy. I'm still broke because I just bought a boat. And it keeps going. Or, if I can have this relationship, they're going to make me happy. They will for a a little while. And then when the finesse wears off, it ain't going to be that happy anymore. Because you're built on finesse. And so on and so on. Trying to search for the next thing to make you happy. The next thing to give you joy. And it doesn't last. Whereas with the Lord... Like he told the woman at the well, i I come to bring you water, living waters that you'll never thirst again. As long as we're basking in those living waters, we have hope and joy. So my first point is lasting joy is only found in Jesus, no matter how hard we try in this world. And joy is filled or fueled by community. Romans twelve fifteen through sixteen tells us, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another and do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. And do not pretend to be wiser than you are. So joy is contagious, but the opposite is also true that a bad attitude can be just as contagious. Be careful who you surround yourselves with. But when we choose to seek after the Lord's joy, he fills us up. But sometimes his way of filling us up with joy is by placing us around joyful and obedient people filled with his joyous spirit. I'm going to pick on Christy for a little bit because this woman, I don't care how bad of a day you are, her bubbliness will bring you some joy, I promise you. And I, I love her for it. Even if she's having a crappy day, she still manages to make other people happy. And that's why I'm talking about surrounding yourself with with people that do have the spirit in them that are joyful. Because I promise you, I've done it many times. If you spend 12 plus hours with somebody at work that is very unhappy, eventually you're going to become very unhappy. Because you have to listen to it. (laughs) And in my case, I'm usually three feet away from them for 12 to 15 hours. (laughs) Part of why the community aspect of church is so important has a lot to do with this concept. So that we can rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. So that we can hold each other up. Which is a very interesting concept. And I actually got a uh, little demonstration here. See by itself, this lighter it does light pretty well. But you dip this lighter into water, life's problems, depression, breakups, bad relationships. Your bank account just got auto-drafted again, and now you don't have any money. Just different stressors. It doesn't light up by itself too well. But you surround yourself with somebody else that's having a pretty good day there, that actually cares about you, and they can still light it. It stays lit. Or you can light somebody else, like our joy candle. Before I make a mess, I'm gonna put a lid on this. I have big feet. Just like with those lighters, when we choose to still meet in community, when we choose to share the highlights and the low times, the good times and the bad, we can keep each other aflame there. By ourselves and of our own strength, we can't do it. And sometimes the Lord has to be the one to light us up. But many times he allows his other children the people around us to reignite us, to keep us going and to keep us hot with each other. So my second point is spiritual maturity shines with joy. This week when I was uh, studying and writing up for this, I was uh, taking to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And uh, usually I, I tend to stick with one one uh, translation or one version, but uh, I just felt led to just take a look at what the Amplified Version had to say, and I really liked it. It says, Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to the spiritual maturity and inner peace And let the endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. And again, that's from James 1 2 through 4. Let's face it, growing pains suck, they hurt, they're unpleasant. But without it, there's no growth, there's no gains. There's no satisfaction. Anybody that's spent a little bit of time in the gym, and I've used this analogy a lot, but anybody that's spent any time in the gym trying to make gains, they're going to hurt. It's not going to be very comfortable unless they're just not really doing it right. There's going to be a little bit of aches and pains to it. And if you stop because of the aches and pains, they're going to get worse because of that lactic acid building up in those muscles. Then you're going to get stiff and not want to do it anymore. But anybody that's been going to the gym for a little while, they realize that if they push through those aches and pains a little bit and they go the next day, even though they're aching a little bit, they feel better. They're not as stiff. But on top of that, after time of continuously doing that, even though it's uncomfortable, they make gains. They make progress. They get healthier. If they're trying to build muscle, they build muscle. If they're trying to build endurance, they build endurance. Sometimes they build both. Either way, going through the various trials, they built up strength and endurance. They got results. And they can be satisfied that they got those results. And the same thing, we we do the same thing in our spiritual lives. If we're not getting into the Word on a regular basis... We're starving ourselves. If the first thing that we do whenever stress hits us is go, God, I need another drink. We're starving ourselves. Sometimes it takes some intentionality to say when stress comes your way, Lord, I need help. Right then and right there. Lord, I need help. And not trying to be funny, but sometimes that old joke of Lord I need help before I need bail money is true. <laughs> but seriously what do what we choose to do when strike when stress hits and when things start going wrong, it shows a lot about where our spiritual life is. If we're not choosing to go to the Lord on a regular basis and and worship him, just like David did when every time he was surrounded by his enemies, after he got over the fact that he's crying out for help and and woe is me, he's going praise the Lord because he is my salvation and he will vanquish my enemies. It might have took him a second to get the idea, but each time he got the idea and... Personally, I think that's why the Lord said, this is a man after my own heart, because David messed up quite a few times. He's slept with his, uh, another man's wife, then killed the man to hide the fact. Had a little bit of pride every once in a while, but every time he realized he was messing up, he was like, Lord, have mercy. He'd rip his clothes off and he's like, Lord, forgive me and set me back in your ways. And every time he got in trouble, he said, Lord, I need your help. I'm focusing on you. And the Lord always hears me all throughout the Psalms. You see it repeated over and over and over again. And when we choose to rejoice during hard times, it grows us. It becomes a habit, which in turn becomes an automated reaction. It is hard to remain despaired for long when you're rejoicing in what the Lord has already done and will be doing. And I can definitely speak from experience on this uh, from several years ago when I just had a complete breakdown. And I'm I'm a big guy, and I'm being honest, I'm being humble here. But I'm a big guy, and I'm balled up in the floor going, Lord, all I can say is, God, it hurts. God, it hurts. And all of a sudden... Shortly after that, I was in the floor for probably a good 10, 15 minutes. I started looking around and finding random things to thank the Lord for. By God, after a couple minutes, I started feeling a little bit better. And the more I looked around to find things to thank the Lord for, the better I felt. And the more I started to feel some joy. So I'm not up here saying what's just a... Good idea, it sounds like a good idea. Now I'm up here telling y'all something that I've done myself and I've seen it work time and time again. And I find it all throughout the Bible. The simple act of worshiping the Lord and thanking the Lord. My third point is serving others brings joy. Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 says, If there is any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any compassion and mercy, then fulfill my joy and be like-minded. Having the same love, being in unity with one mind, let nothing be done out of strife or conceit, but in humility let each esteem for the better than himself. Let each of one of you look not only at your own interests, but also at the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, be in you all, which was also in Christ Jesus. Sometimes when we're feeling like junk, sometimes helping others brings joy to us too. I know uh, various times I've just, haven't felt it. I didn't feel like even leaving the house. That I either had to go to work or somebody called and said that they needed help, so I went out to help them. And each time, I felt a little bit of joy just just from the simple act of going out to help somebody. There's a sense of, uh, especially when you're helping somebody build something. There's a sense of accomplishment that, you know, we just did this. A lot of that comes from working with your hands, of just that feeling of accomplishment. And sometimes it's not working with your hands. Sometimes it's creating a new program at work, a new way to reach out to people. Sometimes you find that joy and satisfaction once you realize that just a little act that you did to help somebody really impacted their life. and. Especially when you realize that some of those little kind of acts actually saved their lives because we have no idea what type of mess people are going through inside this noggin up here. We've had a lot of suicides this past couple of weeks. And each year, this time of the year, there's a lot of suicides. But usually, statistically, they start coming even stronger after the holidays when they've had time to really think about families that they missed, families that cut them, friends that have cut them. So sometimes we gotta be just a tad bit more intentionally kind to that person that just messed up our order at McDonald's or just cut us off on the road. Sometimes that simple act of saying thank you for something that somebody did that they didn't have to do, or even if they did have to do, because it's their job. Sometimes that goes a long way, and it, it transverses into the next person they encounter. So my takeaways from today is lasting joy is only found in Jesus. Spiritual maturity shines with joy. <coughs> and serving others can bring joy. There's various other ways, but the main focus of all three of these is to keep our focus on Jesus, to worship Him, to grow in Him, and to move when He tells us to move. Sounds kind of like the Great Commission at the end of Matthew. So, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for for allowing us again to gather today, Father. I also ask that uh, only your your heart and your words would be what's heard and taken away today, Father. And anything that I've said that's outside of you, would just fall to the wayside. I ask for strength for all of us and protection as we go through our weeks. I ask that your joy would be upon us all and your Holy Spirit would fill us all, Father. That we'd be overflowing with your Holy Spirit. That everywhere that we go is saturated by your Spirit, Father. That others would see you and us and all that we do. And I just thank you and praise you again. Amen.